opinions and language expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their personal opinions and do not reflect their employers or organizations they are associated with. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about an interesting topic which kicks off our Knowing Yourself series. This, I feel, is the one of the foundational things that we need to practice to be able to experience and go through different growth aspects in our lives. We're kicking it off with reflection and self-awareness. I think it's a one and the other. You, need, you can't have one or the other. You need both. And we're going to kind of talk about how we've used it in terms of our personal growth share some examples of how we used self-reflection to look back at some of the actions, the choices and things that decisions that we've made in our life and how it took us to the next level. I think that reflection is a necessary part of understanding our thoughts, our motivations, and like I mentioned, right, bringing uh, an overall self-awareness and whether or not you're someone that reflects often, join us today on this conversation and maybe you might have some ideas that you could take away into your own practice of growth. So self-reflection, awareness, how does... (laughs) 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 All right. Self-reflection. What is self-reflection? There's our analytical process of looking at the decisions we made, kind of the feeling that we get when we make those decisions, right? So we have like an analytical view and then we have the emotional view of, damn, I made a bad decision and it really freaking stings. (laughs) So when we take a look back at the decisions we've made, the things we've done, How does that reflection help us to understand ourselves better? How does it help us to have a higher level of self-awareness? I think we we can start with how reflection and self-awareness gives us an insight to who we are. And I think one of the things that I read recently was that cringe feeling. And that's a really good point of self-reflection and awareness because when you're looking back at some of the decisions you made and like really cringing on why did I do that, it kind of makes you think to what was the social context, what was my motivation for doing it, and then was that even a good decision at all to have? And it sort of drives you to who you are. So... For me, one really cringe moment that I have and sometimes I think about is, I don't know if any of you guys made a pact with an ex-girlfriend when, you know, like, oh, if we turn 30 and we're single, hey, hit me up (laughs) and let's see if there's still a spark. Let's get back together and see if we can do a round two on this whole relationship thing. When I look at at that discussion, that conversation, that is so cringe because now I think back, uh, when I look back at that person, I'm like, did I not think that I had options? Would I not grow to be a different kind of person? And maybe, you know, at that time, 
that's exactly who I was, right? But in this process of growth, in this process of reflection and looking back in that moment, you find it cringy because you're not that same person anymore. You can look back and be like, hey, after experiencing all these life things, all these relationship things, that's not who I am now. I'm a completely different person. And I know one of the things we we like to think about is like, would I be the person my past self looks up to? And I, th- I think about that a lot because every so often I'll look back and be like, would my past self be proud that I work 50 hours a week? Probably not because my past self would be like, hey, bro, I should go cruise, hang out with your friends, go... I don't know, drink. <laughs> but if I look into the future from where I am right now, my future self would look back at me and be wondering, hey, are you doing the things in your life to build up that foundation to get to wherever your next level is or wherever you want to go next? So, Mike, for yourself, do you have any cringe moments that you can look back on and be like, damn, who were you in the past or maybe some other foundation of what you built up to be the person you are today and that past self would look at you and be like, hey, you're doing things that I never imagined I could have done. No, I've lived a pretty much perfect life. I've made no bad choices and I've only ever made good choices. I have no regrets. <laughs> you egotistical bastard. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? Dude, I have so many cringe moments. I have I like every time I'm in the shower, <laughs> before I go to bed, on the drive to work, oh, on the drive home from work. Driving home a lot. Every like you want to talk about how like why don't we make one of the topics of self reflection how self reflection can haunt you <laughs> for the rest of your life. Talk about cringe moments, dude. I have so many. I, I like, I couldn't count them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think everybody has cringe moments that that are opportunities to learn from, right? But and and that's and that's I think the key is recognizing them as key as as opportunities because it's perspective, right? It, I mean, we could look at those cringe moments and be like, my life is the worst. I'm the worst. And that's a form of self-reflection too, dwelling on those things. Oh yeah. So I mean, it can be good, it can be bad. If we ruminate on those things, it can, it can kill us. But if we adapt our perspective to look at those opportunities to grow, then yeah, it can be great op- great chances for us to expand, um, like our our own, our our it, enhance our lives and and expand our capabilities and and work closer to our goals and stuff. But um, I can't think of, like, it's so funny because like, <laughs> I, I have so many, I have so many cringe moments. I'm sure I do, right? But it's okay. just like, I can't think of any that I'm willing to share. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that, but um, um, I think in terms of like applying it, like let, let's just, let's just make a generic one, right? Like, there is a bad cringe moment in my life. It doesn't even it doesn't have to doesn't even really matter what it is. It doesn't have to be cringe. I mean, it could just be like your drumming practice, right? Oh, okay. Here, okay, right. here's okay. This is a okay. That's a good one for like you were talking about the difference between like analytical versus like emotional. Yeah. So 
I'll use for drumming for me is um, when it comes to learning how to become better at drumming it's very much analytical in mm. terms of like how I, I would prefer to approach it so we're talking like strictly on like it doesn't have to be drumming. It could just be building a skill set in general. It could be woodworking. It could be martial arts. It could be anything, right? And those things don't have to be emotional. In some cases, getting emotional can actually be damaging to yeah. the per, the progress. Yep. But like for skill sets, if somebody wanted to build a skill set, I would say the best thing to do would be to like record yourself. And that could be you could record yourself talking, right? We, recording this podcast, could listen to ourselves and be like, that was cringy. Why did I say it like that? And then the next time, we, we don't say it like that. <laughs> right? Now we're more mindful about we want to avoid sounding like that. You know that. why you say that? Because you don't, you've be- never listened to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're 10 episodes in, you mother. So, so that's not true. I listen to it. I, I listen to it enough to be like, why do I sound so horrible? And like, and like every time I like we come up to the mic now, I, I'm afraid of being cringy. But it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good awareness to, right. to like allow me to maintain that mindfulness of like how do I portray how do I convey a message in a way that doesn't make me sound like an asshole you know so that's a good thing mm-hmm. that's a great thing and like when it comes to learning skill sets I'm sure you, you might even feel the same about like jujitsu oh 100% right? it's like you could record yourself like with video um, if you're a singer recording your, recording your voice playing drums you could record um not just the sound of the instrument, but you're also, if you take video, you can watch your technique and you'll catch flaws that, like, I would catch flaws that I normally wouldn't if I was just just doing the action myself. Right. Things I would never be aware of. So reflection can be a form of, like, recording and then going back and watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, also, reflection could just be, like, thinking, Right. Like we talked about dwelling on stuff. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that because I know in the past several months, you've been really kind of thinking about your approach to life, like what you've wanted, because I know we've had conversations about the material wanting. And then you gave the example of the monks that have nothing, but they're perfectly happy. Yeah. So like in your practice of self-reflection, how are you finding or how do you practice that in the way that allows you to let go of the desires? Ooh, I have a good answer to that. Ooh. That's a good question because like what I've, something I've realized recently is that I, I'm not really good at actively or, or, or regularly reflecting on stuff. Mm-hmm. I found that in my own practice, I will reflect on things when things hurt. Mm-hmm. Once things start to hurt, I know something's wrong. And once I become aware that something's wrong, once I'm like, like, there's a difference between like pain when, when I'm just being like ignorant and I'm just like, and I just, I don't understand what's going on. I'm just miserable. But then once I become aware that like, wait, this hurts, which means something is probably not right. That's when, it's, that's like the trigger for me to start reflecting recently. And like when it comes to what you were just talking about, where we're like we were talking about values, life values, and the things I've been kind of worried about lately, like what's important to me. Um, like I would find like okay, actually here's something that I'm willing to share. Here's, <laughs> and this ties into this. Okay. So something that I'm I'm not proud of is like I'll go through like these like waves of of nothingness and like abundance. And, like, sometimes, like, I'll feel, like, 
nothing makes me happy. Mm. And I just get rid of everything in my life. Like, everything. Like, I get rid of relationships. Like, I, I'll avoid people. Um, things that used to in, be enjoyable to me, like video games, drums, stuff like that. Like, I, I, like, I don't do these things. Um, possessions. Like, nothing, nothing I could own makes me happy. So I end up getting rid of everything. Mm. I give away stuff. I sell stuff, whatever. And then I go back to that monk mode where I have nothing. And then I find, like, wait, I'm really happy. Like, I find happiness, again, somehow in just living life. And then, stupid me, when I start getting happy, I'm like, well, let's do all these things again. I collect all this shit. <laughs> buy, I buy stupid stuff that I don't need. I hang out with people. I do I do things to excess. Mm. And then I'm like, why am I not happy? Mm. And then I get rid of it all again. I'm like, oh, that's right. This stuff <laughs> doesn't make me happy. But like, like... Finding that balance was my personal struggle, mm-hmm. but I found that because of like the, those cycles that I would go through, I noticed a pattern over like many times of like experiencing the pain and then going back and realizing. So to me, I think in general, what I found for life values to kind of continue on that conversation that we had before, I think for me, like I really don't want anything. Like Xbox, Netflix, these things don't make me happy. I, I like they're fun to do like every now and again but like they don't actually make me happy they don't and um drinking too much doesn't make me happy socializing like a lot with plenty of people doesn't make me happy i enjoy very simple things and and um and going through those cycles allowed me to really kind of hone in on that seeing that pattern like, I'm happy when I have nothing. And then, like, I gain all this stuff and I'm miserable. Then I give, get rid of it all and then I'm happy again. So that's kind of, like, an experience that I had, a realization I had through self-reflection that helped me kind of hone in on what I actually care about. So you're th- saying that the challenges and struggles in our lives just take time for us to work out through our own personal cycles of, right, trying, failing, trying again. I don't think it has to be like that, but that's how it works for me a lot of yeah. the time. I think if someone were smarter than me, <laughs> they would have caught this pattern way sooner and be no. like, I'm not going to do that again. No, because I was, what I was driving towards was the, the one thing that I hate hearing the most is, it just takes time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Keep going. I'm like, what the? I got shit to it takes It takes as much time as it takes to do the thing. I mean, the, the, the time and is... And each person is thing. different. Like, yeah. that amount yeah. of time is going to be different for each person. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. In your explanation of how your reflection process has driven you to finding happiness is that emotion, right? And I think that's super relevant for a lot of people because we... Emotions happen fast. I think... So we just had a training and it takes six seconds from the emotion that starts at the back of your mind or back of your brain to hit the front of your brain, which is right emotions to logic. And what happened recently for me was training jujitsu. I dropped in on a comp class, comp training, and I'm like, holy shit, I know nothing these, because all these guys are training for Jiu-Jitsu Master World or Jiu-Jitsu Khan, which is next week. So they're sharp. They're on point. They have their 
go to attacks, go to sweep, go to submissions. And I'm over here like, la da 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 da. But when I left that class, I left feeling defeated, deflated. And, you know, I've been training jujitsu for like four or five years, I think. And I'm like, damn, I'm going to throw away this belt because that's how bad I felt that I didn't know a thing because I felt like my game was just based on a, re- a set of reactions. Like I didn't have any thought or strategy to the way I play my game. And I got home, you know, nothing, nothing beats the drive home when you're sitting in that emotion and you're like, <laughs> fuck my life. <laughs> It sucks for you because your drive is longer. <laughs> <laughs> My drive is all of 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to do, got to eat dinner. got to take a shower. <laughs> but then after that training, I started thinking, what is my go-to? I didn't train this to throw everything away. Like, how do I improve? So... I think it's like kind of two aspects, right? Um, if I was more dedicated and like jujitsu was my full-time job, then I would be flow charting everything every day. Um, I would have a game plan. I would try to hone in on everything, right? But this being the first time I attended a gym's comp training and being like, oh, this is a different thought process. This isn't just learn a technique. This is how am I applying this with intent to score, with intent to win mm-hmm. and dude that's it was such an intense feeling because i, was, I really wanted to be like i quit jiu-jitsu <laughs> it was the epitome of the blue belt blues but tying it to what mike said right it came from an emotion it came from what the fuck am i doing to how do i get better at this and i think For things that are more immediate, like lifting in the gym, like training jujitsu, you can see that result of your thought process and how you're applying it much sooner, right? What is my form if I'm lifting a weight? Do I need to change my form because it's bad and that's limiting me, right? With jujitsu, am I attacking my sweep in the right way or am I just giving up too soon in a position or something like that, right? And you, you begin to apply that analytical process to break it down. But, you know, tying it back to the emotion, right, it, it, it doesn't really start until you have that emotion, that desire. So <clears throat> that, that sort of shows me, like to myself, like I do have this do- desire to improve. I do want to get better. And even though it's jujitsu in this craft, I can apply that in other crafts. Like for work, we have all these projects that are due three, five, six, a year out. And things change. You don't get immediate feedback like other things. And how do you ensure that that project hits its goal live date? You can't just, here are all the milestones. Here are all the tasks that need to get done. There are things that are going to come out from left field and you need to adjust your timeline. You need to adjust your schedule. You need to adjust the approvals and process you get because it could be just changing, right? And the feeling I get when that happens is it's just 
frustrating and I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> right? But at the same time, you're not just going to be like run without emotion. If you want to be good at your job or good at what you do, you're going to be like, okay, so what do I need to do now? And it doesn't seem like that's reflection. But I think it is. Because you need to think about the process. You need to think about what's next and then you need to apply it. So that's sort of in, in what we're trying to describe for this episode is how does reflection lead to the practice of growth? And to me, that's exactly it. You're taking whatever actions you're doing, you're getting a certain kind of feedback, and you're feeding it back into that loop to refine your process. And then it's continuing to allow you to grow. So, Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. That's, that's pretty clear. It's, I don't think it's very complicated. I think it's exactly like you described. And I think the hardest part, at least for me, is understanding when to apply it. Mm. And I think we, from both of our experiences, we just described, it seems pretty clear that pain is the number one symptom to, like, trigger. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, if there's going to be, like, a trigger response, I mean, that seems like a pretty reliable one. Everyone's going to experience pain. And when you experience the pain, then it's just like, okay, well, something's wrong. And it, it, it can be anything. It can it, it doesn't have to necessarily be like somebody who's trying to uh, pursue a goal. But if, if they're just not happy, yeah, that's just a symptom. Hey, something's not right. Right. And you could be like, like pursuing a goal is like you're trying to move forward. But sometimes people are negative. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're backwards. They're just trying to get back to zero. And like, that's a great way to just think like, what? has me negative right how do i get back to zero that's a goal yeah 100 right (laughs) yeah that's 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 i think that's to the even just from this conversation that's the number one thing i'm going to remember from this this conversation pain should be a trigger for me to be like why is it so bad yeah how do i fix this yeah first of all what's wrong in the first place (laughs) then how do i fix this right yeah right i think oh man that's, you brought, brought up a really good point because I think that sometimes we're pursuing a goal that we don't even want. Sometimes it's a goal that our parents put in our heads. Sometimes our school counselors. Sometimes it might have been a mentor or someone that was invested in our future, but not really, maybe we weren't completely honest with what we wanted and we're just like saying things because it sounded good. And you're now like, five years down the hole of something that you didn't really want and what do you do right do you just keep going and be unhappy with your life and burn out or do you look at you you know like reflection right like what what we're trying to do do we take a step back and kind of like look at our life and be like how do we get to this place do we really want this what do we want and is there anything I can pivot into what I actually want to do? Because you see, I think, well, because I'm more of like a technical person on YouTube. Like I see all these software engineers complaining about, oh, how hard my life is making $200,000 a year. <laughs> Fuck you. I get it, though, right? Like it's sort of soulless. It's sort of empty. Because the next thing that they talk about is pivoting into something that's more fulfilling for their lives. After five years of making two hundred thousand, yeah. <laughs> they can retire early. Like fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I promise. But the what what makes me jealous about that is they're able to take that step back and go, what do I really want? And pursue it. Yeah, money certainly makes it a lot easier. <laughs> like money is definitely not the most important thing and it's not going to make everybody happy, but it certainly opens up opportunities. Yeah. And that's just being honest. Yeah, that's just how it is. Yeah. And that's how I feel like how it should be looked at. It's, it should only be a means to give us like opportunities to be happy. Right. And to and and if people realize, if people like truly reflect, I I'll bet a lot of people won't need a lot to be, actually be happy. Cuz like you said, sometimes people pursue so like like not everyone actually probably wants to be like Andrew Tate. Mm-hmm. Like the dude is like uber successful, right? Super rich super masculine but like that might not make everybody happy to be like that embroidered in all these controversial issues and whatnot right you know and and i'm not hating on andrew tate like he seems like a he seems really happy and he seems like he's trying to inspire other people to be happy like him but not everybody likes the same lifestyle and and like i can imagine even seeing like my, especially my younger self, mm. um, thinking that oh I'm I think I want that yeah you know like oh, yeah. like I I've, I've done that not with Andrew Tate like but like before I've done that with with like other influencers oh yeah yeah and just I got something like wow that sounds cool that must be what I want and just think like oh God, I want I want to do that I want I want this I want what they have only to realize like I don't actually want any of that right <laughs> I don't I want none of it actually did, did we talk about this the <laughs> last time I don't remember. I think <laughs> we might have where, you know, if you wanted someone else's life, you're going to have to take everything. Oh, I remember their you success, that. Yeah, their yeah. failure, the hardships, like all of that. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I like my life. Actually. Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. Right. I mean, like, but that's only for them to decide. Yeah. It's only for you. To yeah. Decide. Some people can handle that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like, I could not handle the responsibility that Andrew Tate has. I could not handle David Goggins. David Goggins. <laughs> Dude, nobody could handle David Goggins. <laughs> Even Jocko is a bit intense for me. <laughs> that guy is a walking meme. I love him. Yeah. Man. He's so funny. He's so nuts. But like, yeah, I mean, right? That's the he's like he's like he's an even better example. So right. extreme. So extreme. Super happy. Mm-hmm. Super happy guy. But then it's like, dude, not everybody can live like that. Happy. Yeah. Like, is that really what you want? I think I think it's like so. My my admiration for for David Goggins and like all these other like masculine uh, influencers that I follow, um, is I think it's really just the self reflection to apply theirs. Look at what what they're doing that makes them happy, and then filter it with the stuff that you read. Like reflect on which parts of these are gonna make me happy, and then just do those things. Like I don't need to like break every bone in my foot. To be happy, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I, I yeah. should probably run. Right. You know what I mean. Like, there's a happy gray area. There's happy medium. Right. I don't have to be David Goggins, but I could be something closer to it, and I'd probably be happier. I think that's the point. Yeah. Like, you're not. You know. Well, I guess for us, right? <clears throat> we value our physical body being able to do things that we would want to do, and because of that value. We want to move that needle a little closer to David Goggins, Govin, Goggin, yeah. a little closer to David Goggins than your six hundred pound life. But hey, there are some people that six hundred pound life is fine for them, and that's fine too. 
that's what life is. We're just figuring out things mm-hmm. that make us happy. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like we said before, yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about you. Nobody cares about this podcast. <laughs> Nobody cares what I do. <laughs> like, like everyone only cares about what they're doing. Yeah. So that's all we all we just need to worry about what, what we want. Right. And just work on that. Yeah. And just don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole along the way. Just yeah. Yeah. It's not hard, people. Yeah, don't be don't be selfish, but but yeah, it's just what do you want? What do you want? I think that's a really that's the next jumping off point. Mm. I think a big part of self reflection too is when we're in that moment or in that phase of self reflection, we're trying to understand ourselves. What do we really want? What is our motivation for wanting something? And I can tell you for sure when I was younger, I wanted a uh, freaking Audi R8 because... I, li- I wanted one too. That's <laughs> a, I like that car. That's a cool car. My man. <laughs> Why did I want it? Well, because I can show off and it's a fucking nice car. It's fast as fuck. It's a midship engine. I'm like, oh my God. But did I want it for myself? A little bit. Did I want it more to please other people? Like, at the end of the day, I started to realize, yeah, it's not really for me. It was like, so I can be showing it to other people. Like, yeah, I drive a fucking Audi R8. And I think it extends to, you know, our career choices, the way we spend our money, like all these things. And then I even had a conversation with a couple of friends sort of recently. um, And we're talking about buying a home. Or just renting forever. And that's such a hot topic. Like the housing market right now seems so fucked. And we're trying to assess like in our f- situation, is it the right thing? In how in Hawaii where our cost of living is so expensive, a lot of the rules that these financial gurus give us kind of go out the window. And we have to make significant sacrifices to either own a home or try to make a pathway to it. And I got really jealous of some of my friends who owned their place early on. I'm like, wow, what am I not doing to do this? What am I not sacrificing? And then I was like, do I really want this? And I question my want because was it more that I wanted that place or was it, again, did I want to show off mm. to my friends? Did I want to have the social, I don't know, um, you know, keeping up with the Joneses' social clout that hey i own a place too i got a house apartment whatever and then talking with one of my friends if you can rent for super cheap invest in the stock market um you know have other ways of having your money grow for you and use that extra to just travel the world that doesn't sound like a bad idea either Mm. so that for me was one thing recently anyway that I was reflecting on a lot and longer term I think I understand it that if you own a place own a home or like something that's like real property it can lead to a path of um, long-term wealth right and I think that's the thing that I resonate with not that Mm -hmm. I just want to buy a place Mm because my friends have a place right but I want to have ultimately 30 40 years down the line when that mortgage is paid off 
freedom. Mm. And that's what, that's in my effort of self-reflection, that's what I came to. Like I wanted that freedom. Mm-hmm. So that, that, so now that's become my starting point of motivation that all these things that I'm doing, how will it lead me to that point of freedom where I can either travel or just not have to pay this exorbitant amount of rent and taxes or something. Mm-hmm. Right. So learning process along the way. Yeah. Is there anything for you, Mike, you kind of like experience a self-reflection, like it drove your motivation of understanding yourself better? Hmm. Hmm. I can't think of anything right away that, that that is similar to what you just described. But I think the example I gave earlier about, you know, those cycles I went through. Yeah. I mean, that's like a much smaller scale. Buying a home, that's a very huge thing. But like the things that I would buy or the like the, the things that I thought were important to me, I think something that's similar in that experience I had to the experience that you had is that like the why why did i want those things mm-hmm. yeah. and i it's like i like i think that anytime that i'm seeking the approval from something like other than myself parents siblings kids friends anybody it's just like those those times are when i'm the most stressed out but then it's when I when I stop, not like I disregard everyone's opinion and I just go rogue and, you know, like <laughs> ruin everyone's life. Right. But it's when I stop letting those things bother me. Because the truth is, if I look back on those times, right, I think I need, I need to do all these things or I think I needed to own all these things to be happy. Uh, if I'm being honest with myself, I realize that the reasons I thought I needed those things weren't real reasons they weren't even true it was all in my head mm-hmm. i thought i needed these things to look this way or to be perceived this way Perception. when other like the bottom line is people don't care no yeah. one cares yeah. about what i think or feel or or do like my family kind of cares to a certain extent right but like other than that like who am i trying to impress here like who who cares it doesn't matter yeah, you're looking for your own validation. Yeah. And you get that by other people. Like, oh, hey, that's yeah. that's a nice car, bro. <laughs> I think for me, that was a very common thing. Yeah. That that I that that caused many that led to many bad choices. Like put like it was it was like a false motivation. It was a motivation for something that wasn't even really real. And then after failing so many times, going back and realizing, wait, like actually with none of that, I can actually be happy. That was probably the um, the best thing that came out of it. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, like, those, you sort of realize, like, it didn't resonate with the core of who you are or, like, what yeah. you really wanted. Yep, exactly. It's like you're just filling kind of like an empty hole, right? Empty. Temporarily. Yep. And then that's why I feel like a lot of times when I look at when I buy shit, I'm like, hey, yeah, this is really nice. And then it's empty again. Like, yeah. What, what, what am yeah. I really chasing? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, to talk about the practice of self-reflection, how did the understanding that you gain 
allow you to change your thoughts or your process? It gave me the choice. Ah. Because, like, when I'm not aware of, like, first of all, when I'm not even aware of the pain, sometimes I can hurt, not even be aware that I'm hurting and I'm just miserable. But the awareness of, of the pain in the first place allows me to think, okay, what's wrong? Like, what, and then what can I do to get better? And then I get to choose. I get like, at that, like, if I, if I'm not aware, I don't have a choice. It's just going to suck. Yeah. 100%. There's no way out. But if I'm aware that something hurts, and it can be physical, emotional, whatever, um, once I become aware that I'm, I'm in pain, then I have a choice. And like, it's not even a matter of how. It's a matter of like, am I going to do something different or not? Because like when 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 I'm not aware, like I can't do anything different. There's no way. I, like I don't know if if I do anything different and it helps me, it's completely coincidence. I have no control. But once I'm aware, I have control, and I can actually design something that I want to happen. So I think that's the that's the biggest benefit. The last time we're talking with <clears throat> our good friend John one of the things one of the things that we talked about good was good old John good old John <laughs> was you know our experience drives our ability to have and make choices make those decisions mm-hmm. and we re, uh, reflection and self-awareness are opposite sides of the self the same coin right Reflection happens after the fact. Self-awareness can happen before or during. And what I want to tie that to is when we talk about experience, right? That experience gives us choices and decisions that we can make. But then we can also learn from other people. So not necessarily that we have to experience and have to go through the pain and reflect on that experience to learn and develop ourselves but when we experience it in movies in books in stories then we're learning from other people we're learning from other people's experience and then that allows us to have a different not exactly self-reflection right but it's a moment of reflection so for me recently i also watched oppenheimer and watching him right design the atom bomb And then in the movie, Cillian Murphy, he played the role so well. You could see once they set off the bomb, he just just realized the weight of what he just did, that he could destroy people's lives, right? And that led, of course, to the atom bomb and dropping in Japan and all that stuff. But just watching it in that medium and seeing how he was able to portray the weight of the decision made me wonder right like what other things have happened in the past where people were at that point where they could decide all these people lives are in my hands and they're dead now or you know like i have a choice to either save or kill these people kind of thing that kind of shook me a little bit and i hope i never have to come to that point or decision making (laughs) i never want to be that important no me neither. I like I like affecting and reflecting in my small world. Yeah. 
Holy smokes. I can only imagine the regret I would feel. Right. There was, um, just to put it on a lighter side, World War Three was stopped by a Russian general. Like, he had the choice to fire off nuclear missiles from Russia. But the reason he stopped it was because on the radar, it looked like the U.S. had sent missiles or something. But in rather than just reacting, right, they acted with thought or, like, intent. And they realized it was, like, a false alarm on the radar or a false reading. So they basically stopped World War Three. Can you imagine if a false reading caused a false reading caused the end of the world? Holy crap! It came down to that. I'm surprised it didn't happen. How yet, many? Though, to how, be honest, how many other times? <laughs> exactly. That's have what we I'm thinking. Just barely avoided the end of the world, right? Because that was back then, right? Like. Things have changed so significantly in the last 20 years. Like, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I choose to focus on my life. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's it's funny, too, because, like, when they're like, oh, you should try and enjoy every day as it comes. I'm like, but not every day is a good day. Yeah. And there's, like, so many other things that are happening. Yeah. Enjoying every day, I think, can be tough. Appreciating every day mm. can be done, though. Because, yeah. like, the, the the shitty days are what make the good days good. True. Can't have a good day without a shitty day. True that. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, reflection doesn't have to be your own personal experience. You can get it from other people. I think that's the preferable way. Yeah. <laughs> to be, I mean, I'd rather learn from someone else's mistake. Yeah. Than learn. But admittedly, the, the mistakes I made are the ones I will never forget. Right. The ones that really hurt. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Yeah. Because it's so personal. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to remember that level of pain. Yeah. But sometimes there's times where I witness other people's pain and it stuck with me enough to be like okay that seems like a good idea you know <laughs> don't do that like oh god yeah it's like it, sometimes it sounds like really painful or it's like a really funny story right you know and then i'm just like oh i'm not gonna forget that that's funny yeah i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i don't want to be cringe like that <laughs> <laughs> i actually enjoy the thought okay so this is a weird thought to have but sometimes i do like have a melancholy type of feeling um, when I reflect back on certain events in my life. And I don't know, I just like sitting in the emotion sometimes. Yeah, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Not everything has to be happy. Right. You know, there is, I feel like I've done that before too. Just kind of sitting in horrible feelings in the past. (laughs) It's like a reminder yeah. of where we've, how far we've come. So it's not, it's not always a bad thing. I mean, and what's it going to, it can't hurt you now. Right. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> There's nothing, you know, like it, it's not like it can come back and happen again. It, once it happened, it happened. I think, I think like that melancholy feeling is reflecting on the choices you made and just wondering like what would have happened if you made the other choice. And then, 
sort of like the grass is greener on the other side kind of thing. You know, like maybe mm. the other choice would have been better. That okay, that sounds like is dipping into territory that that can lead to stress though. Yeah, because anytime I've ever done that, it's only made me feel shitty. Yeah, no, but <laughs> but you enjoy that. But I enjoy it. <laughs> Wait, well, okay, I I can say though that without awareness, it's easy for people to unknowingly be addicted to that kind of feeling. Yes. But if you're aware of it, you have the choice. Yeah. No, so like I'll sit in it. I'd be like, damn, what if I did this differently? I wonder. And then I'm like, well, doesn't really matter because I already made a different decision and I'm perfectly happy with everything that has happened after it. And I wouldn't train anything that happened after it for something who knows what else, what the outcome of the other thing would have been. So I don't know. It's like a reminder, like, you know, when we talk about AI and robots and things like that, Mm -hmm. and people ask like, oh, what does it mean to be human? And to me, I think being human means having emotions, experiencing emotions. And without it, can you have truly a human experience? Hmm. I don't know. This got real deep real (laughs) fast. (laughs) We're reflecting real deep with the meaning <laughs> of humanity, man. Yeah. That's a real thing, though. People being addicted to, to bad emotions. Yeah. That's a re- that's a real thing. Like, I can't remember where I read or heard that. But, like, I think I, there's been times I've done that. Just kind of, like, like I, like I need it. Like I, I don't know what else to feel. And then I just kind of dwell on that because it feels like something. Yeah. I think the reason I like it is because every day is so mundane. Not mundane. Sorry. No. Oh. Every, I think everything is sort of level, you know, and we try so hard not to be too happy. Because then if you're too happy, then are you on something? No, just but no, but that, that makes sense. Life is sort of like a cycle, right? So when you have these natural low points, then it makes the days that where they're more normal or more level, like more appreciative, like you said, right? You appreciate things more after you've gone through the down, right? And I think, man, if that's one thing that I wish someone would have told me is life is just a series of cycles. Mm-hmm. And it could be like long cycles, right? Like a year, might be shitty or it could be short cycles where a couple hours might be shitty and then it could just be something as simple as seeing your dog when you get home and you're just all of a sudden everything's all happy and good because it's just Mm -hmm. pure happiness right when Mm -hmm. you play with your dog it's like your cycle is good for so long you're like no, nah, I gotta fuck this up. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do something to make it bad so I can feel again. <laughs> and then when it gets bad, you're like, okay, now I can get good. Now, now everything can be better. Yeah. It's like you have to like trigger it to be bad <laughs> intentionally. I think that's why I like doing hard things. <laughs> yeah, because it's just so shitty that mm. afterwards, like, oh fuck, everything's good. Yeah, that makes sense. That's you. That's the David Goggins in you. <laughs> Stay hard. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. We, we've been going for a little bit. You yep. want to wrap it? Yep. All right. So I think we should end with this question. Mike, why do you think reflection is important? So 
I guess, yeah, to summarize. And then how would you apply that to your practice of growth? Reflection is important because it gives us the choice. Reflection leads to awareness. Awareness gives us the choice to choose what kind of future we want, how we want things to be in our lives. How would I apply it? I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this conversation is that pain is a very common trigger. It's not the only way. I mean, you could intentionally, like, you want to schedule it like every Sunday, I'm going to journal about the week or whatever. Every day at the end of the day, I'm going to journal or like meditate or whatever you can. But even if you're not disciplined enough to do something like that, just remember every time it hurts, you that's an opportunity for you to think like, what's wrong here? Condition yourself to think this hurts, what's wrong? And then from there, you figure out what's wrong and you just decide what can I do? You brainstorm, what can I do to make it better? That's how I would apply it. Nice. Yeah, I think very much, very much in the same way for me, reflection is often triggered by a feeling of emotion. And then to apply that to our practice of growth is understanding or trying to understand what caused that emotion. Um, Was it something that you wanted? Was it something that someone else put in your head? Um, And it's kind of like trying to peel back the layers of understanding of the onion, right? Trying to get down to that center, that true reason of why do you want something? And maybe the first time you do it, it might be be super, maybe the first time that you do it, it might just be super shallow. And you're just like, yeah, I do want to impress girls. And yeah, at that time, in that moment, that is true. Yeah, as long as it's real. Right, as long as it's real. And then you just, right, be honest with yourself. Don't try to sugarcoat the truth. Like, oh, I'm trying to do this to improve myself. And at the, when at the end of the day, you just want to try and get girls, right? And I think that's, to me, the biggest practice of growth is and self-reflection and how it ties together is learning how to be honest with your emotions and yourself. And then from there, shoot, man, the world is yours, really. 100%, I totally agree with that. Got to be honest, because yeah. if you're not honest with yourself, it does none of it matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of what are you even trying to do if you can't be honest? Lie to everyone else, but be honest to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, with that, I think give it a takeaway. Create some time in the week, like Mike was saying. Even if you intended on journaling every Sunday, write down your thoughts, what happened, what was good, what was bad. If you can't even do that, just sit there, give it a five-minute think and just kind of walk through it. See if you're being honest to what you wanted for yourself. See if you're moving in the direction that you wanted to move in. And is that aligned with what you believe are your values, right? Um, I think really one of the big takeaways for me is and it's it's so overdone that it's kind of like a broken record, but identifying what was good in that week. Mm-hmm. I think we focus so much on all the bad shit that happens, all the stress that you go through. Oh, fuck, traffic was... Uh, my boss... Uh, freaking all these people are just dogging on me all week. Uh, right? But if you take a step back, 
how much of that was stuff you put in your own head, right? And then how much of it did you, how much did you focus on the good that happened in that week, right? I think um, that's a really big part of, right, gratitude, self-reflection, and realizing, bruh, life is not complete shit. <laughs> Even in the worst times of my life, there was always something to be grateful for. And one of the things that I always thought about when everything was going sideways is like, I'm thankful that I am physically well and that I can think as a whole person. Like the most fundamental thing I could think of. And then, you know, hone in on that good feeling. Try to keep it rolling through the week. And if something happened where, you know, on that Sunday where you're thinking about what happened in the week and something went bad and triggered you to do something different, try to turn that into your catalyst for change, right? Something that we talked about. What were the things that made you want to change who you are, what you did? Do something different, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But like Mike was saying, reflection allows us and gives us the power of having the ability to choose. It gives us the ability to act. And then that will drive our future. Any closing words, Mike? No, I think you summed it up beautifully. Cool. And with that, that's a wrap, everyone. Bye. Bye.